the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Staff and Graph Podcast. I'm Mike Stevens, and this is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Um, Rachel, we're here previewing the Central Division. Um, right? It's the Central? It's not the Pacific? I always get these two. That is the Central, up. yeah. I, I feel like, okay, I'm not the only one then. <laughs> the I'm, two I'm of glad. us who are supposed to be, you know, running You're the supposed show to be here. the smart one. I'm just, I'm just here. Oops. I don't even know what to what to do here. But yes, we are previewing the Central Division. An interesting division here because I would say, just off the top of my head, that there are two legit cup contenders in this division, um, which we, we, we don't normally see. So, Rachel, let's just jump right into it, shall we? Um, yeah, I feel like this is the division, right? you got two cup contenders and then two just god-awful teams. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. So why don't we hop into uh, a, a team that used to be god-awful and is, hope, is trying not to be god-awful, both on and off the ice, in uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Um, they, they made uh, – look, the Coyotes, for to their credit, they made a bunch of signings over the offseason, okay? They brought in Jason Zucker at a one-year $5.1 million contract. They signed Alex Kerfoot. They took him off the Leafs' hands uh, for two years, $3.5 million. So he got the exact same he was making before. Um, then Nick Bugstad, uh, they, they signed him after a brief stopover in Edmonton. They signed him to two years, $2.1 mil, And they they, uh, they brought Troy Stetcher back at a one-year $1.1 million deal. What do we think of the Coyotes? Yeah, I think um, they're definitely going to be more competitive this year. It's hard not to be, but the reality of the situation Mm -hmm. is uh, similar to Chicago, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, Their young rookie is who everyone is interested in. Logan Cooley, I think, is the best bet to challenge Connor Bedard for the Calder. I think he's that good. Like, Logan Cooley saw the the highlight of them in Australia. Think about how many Australia fans – Fans in Australia are now Logan Cooley fans. Like, accidentally, we created a bunch of Coyotes fans because Logan Cooley went to Australia and just, like, had one of the most ridiculous goals I've seen in a long time. Um, So I think right then and there, to have that guy as your top-line center, um, they sent Dylan Gunther down. I don't think that's going to be for very long. I think Dylan Gunther is going to be up with the Coyotes for the majority of the season. So it seems like they're getting some young talent injected into their lineup, and they brought in legitimate, like, Jason Zucker, actual NHL player. Alex Kerfoot, actual NHL player. Like, there are real players on their roster now. Listen, I know that Alex Kerfoot is an actual NHL player. I know that. Um, But you will not be seeing me admit it. All right? You will not see. You will not be seeing me admit that that fact. Yeah, look, they they actually brought in real people, and they were able to. The fact that they had like thirty million dollars in cap space heading into this this summer made them able to sign contracts like the Jason Zucker deal. You know, even like the like the Kerfoot deal, um, where they they did kind of overpay for these players based on where they are right now, but they were able to get these guys in. And look, I would say that this this Coyotes team, like, there is there there must be language in the CBA somewhere when it comes to how many draft picks 
one team can acquire. Because All I look of them. exactly <laughs> because I look at this roster and I go like this this Coyotes roster, this specifically this one. It is like a draft pick farm. Like all they are doing is 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 raising, they are raising dra- they, like like they they are basically just just waiting to, to sell these guys off the deadline. Jason Zucker, if he if he stays healthy and performs normally, I mean he like like think about it. That's at least the second round pick there. Alex uh, 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 Alex Kerfoot, the exact same way. And you keep you could go down the list. Pretty much anyone they signed this offseason, anyone they're bringing back. There there's a lot that they can just sell off at the deadline and get even more than like the 50 second round picks that they have right now. The rebuild isn't a good it, like on the ice. Everything's going great with the Coyotes. They're exactly they're doing exactly what they need to be. They can be better um like, like they're going to be better than they were last year, which is like a team that just basically they were, they were very scrappy. They were scrappy <laughs> towards the end of the year. You had to give them credit. Like yeah. everyone wrote them off, but this is going to be a year where it's like, okay, you're, you're, I even forgot to mention Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba, one year, $4 million, you know, like, and, and keep He's in mind. He's getting traded. I'm saying, That's yeah. That's a tradable mind. contract if I've ever seen one. At the deadline for a contender trying mm-hmm. to get Matt Dumba at like 50% retained. Just think about that. Just think about that's a first round pick. Oh, it's a right handed, I believe, defenseman. That's actually adequate. Like No, but I'm saying like in terms of like what you're getting back for him at the deadline. Oh, Matt Dumba at, at it 50% might be a retained first and a prospect. Yeah. So so they're setting well. them up. This is a draft pick uh, uh laundering farm right here. Like that's what they're doing. They're setting up like this the Arizona Coyotes, they were a draft pick laundering front where they have they have signed all of these, all of these uh, uh, like veterans, they're going to make them a little bit more respectful this year, and then they're going to trade them off the deadline, and they're going to just essentially own the second round. Pretty it's much, great. it's going to be the Arizona Coyotes and the Arizona Coyotes and the Arizona Coyotes. But I do like that they at least made an effort to yes. be not cap circumventing, or you know what I mean, like not circumventing the cap this year. They actually there's a concerted effort to be somewhat competitive on a on a night to night basis. Um, and I think they'll be that right with your first line. It has Logan Cooley on it, Jason Zucker, your second line. It's not ideal that Alex Kerfoot is centering your second line, but maybe he's playing on the wing with Barrett Hayton, right? I think they can kind of split those duties. Mm-hmm. Barrett Hayton doesn't have to play top line minutes anymore. I think that will help. And so I think Arizona's set up to be better this year. I think they'll surprise some teams. Like they'll catch some teams off guard, but they won't, be in and around the playoff picture but like kind of self-inflicted they, like, like 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 they've they've done sorry not self-inflicted they have a purpose there's a reason why they want to why right. they're there because that's the next step they're not trying to be good and they're failing at it they're trying to be bad and now they're now they're they're starting to take that next step and that's what you that's what you want that's good um so yeah i think we've kind of established the fact that they will be better rachel let's talk about chicago a team that will not be good um, we can just say that. Off the top, but alas, off. they'll be entertaining. <laughs> they will be entertaining because they signed Ryan Donato uh, for two years, two mil each. And they obviously overpaid uh, because they could and to bring in some good veterans around uh, their their star young player. And they gave Corey Perry and Nick Foligno one year, $4 million contracts. Then they acquired Taylor Hall, who is actually like going to be a very good player for them. You know, it's going to be weird seeing Taylor Hall in a Chicago Blackhawks jersey, but OK. Yeah. Um, and then obviously they have the first overall pick, Connor Bedard, a generational, uh, yeah, Connor Bedard. He's this sort of like indie, indie kind of guy, you know, you, you, he's underground, only the real scouts know him. Um, but he is, he is going to be mic'd up for his first game as well. 
I'm, oh, I'm, not sure what? You, I'm not sure if you heard this. Yes, ESPN is going to mic Connor Bedard up uh, for his first game that will be taking place uh, uh, tomorrow, so on Tuesday night. Um, so just absolutely, absolutely. Like, if the kid didn't have more pressure on him, he's now every every one of his his thoughts and his utterances are going to be broadcast to the world. Um, I love that his first road trip is against Childhood Idol, mm-hmm. and then Boston, Montreal, Toronto. So. Get used to the media, young fella, because somebody pointed out today that there was a bunch of media in Pittsburgh, and then rightfully somebody else was like, just wait till he gets to Toronto and Montreal. I can't wait. I will be one of those media. I will be in there. I will be uh, not at the game. I will be working that night, not hockey-related. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's super exciting, and honestly, I think – the NHL at least deserves some credit. We dump on the NHL for a lot of things, and they mm-hmm. deserve it. Rightfully However, so. scheduling Connor Bedard's first career game against his childhood idol is a 10 out of 10. It's going to be the, like, Tampa and Nashville get underway at, like, 5.30. Then we have the 8 o'clock start, and then we have the later start with Vegas. So they staggered the starts, and we get a superstar matchup on night one with a bunch of great storylines like this is how you do it yes give this to us even the fact that they just like they made it they do they do what the nba does and and what the nfl do is where they they prioritize storylines uh at least to start like you always want a season premiere of any show to 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 kick off with a bang you know to keep to, to set people up and having you know the the guy who like McDavid, obviously, is the guy who had a, a, a huge amount of hype as well. Um, but like, you know, Sidney Crosby and, Con- and, and Connor Bedard, they just seemed remarkably similar in how they play. And one was a childhood idol of the other. And now they're going to play in this first ever NHL game. Like pretty, that's pretty remarkable stuff. I, I got to say. Does he score in game one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll score. I, I would I would put money on that. Not figured, not literally because I'm very poor, but I would. I uh, will put money on it. Yeah, though. I'll watch you put money on it, and then I'll go. Darn, I should have done that, like I do with every bet. Um, yeah, look, I think this is like we said. This is going to be a bad team, but all that matters is that Connor Bedard gets through this season successfully. It's all that matters. Yeah, I, I think Chicago is kind of like they've got a lot of young players, right? Bedard is very obviously the headliner there, but Kevin Korchinski made the team. Yeah, Lucas Reichel huge. made the team. Um, they've got Luke Richardson in a young coach. And by the way, somebody released betting odds, like a book released betting odds that had Luke Richardson in the top five to be fired first. And I was like, that man might have the longest leash in sports right he now. He might have the most job security uh, uh, security like, of any GM right now. Or, yeah, like Luke Richardson is not being fired as the head coach of the Chicago Sorry. Blackhawks. Like yeah. he's not going anywhere. Um, and I think he is, when you look at all of the young players, bringing in guys like Corey Perry, Nick Foligno, even a guy like Taylor Hall, who was in the exact same shoes as Connor Bedard in terms of being that first overall pick that's got a ton of pressure in a massive market. Um, to have at least somebody to play with those young players that are NHL quality players, um, I think is going to be big. And obviously Chicago's not going to be any good this year. But would it surprise you if Connor Bedard single-handedly was responsible for like five extra wins this year? No, it wouldn't. And yeah, that's basically what they're banking on. Is they're banking on they like they hope to be bad, but if Connor Bedard makes them a little bit better than really bad, that'll be chalked up as a win. 
and good and as it should be good for them man like this is as much and if as the we- nhl doesn't market and espn too doesn't market the absolute crap out of bedard crosby mcdavid like all of these young stars and bedard has a great backstory like sunny sachteva did a story on like bedard deciding to stay in regina when his grandfather passed away even though they were really really close mm-hmm. and ended up scoring like the overtime winner there's just so many stories that can be told and i think bedard should be in that class where there's a concerted effort to find about i find out about him as a person so him going on the pat mcafee show yeah uh what was it like over the weekend incredible like you pat mcafee that shows demographic and fan base is none of them are hockey fans really. So I would wager that not a lot of them even know who Bedard is. And then Pat McAfee brings him on great interview, good banter. And now potentially Connor Bedard has been introduced to an entirely new segment of potential fans. Like, I think that's a great job of marketing the player. Yeah. And you know what? Grant to the NHL. They have marketed the heck out of Connor Bedard of Connor Bedard you know, like manages a transition from skating forward to backwards successfully during a game. They put that clip on, on, on ISO Twitter. cam. They ISO do. cam. They basically we should have an ISO cam. What if we did? Okay. Question. We can't do that race. We don't have the rights. <laughs> no, like from an NA. So let's, he, he's on ESPN tonight. Mm-hmm. You know how there's like the Manning cast. You want to have a Bedard could, cast? No, no. But what if you could log in to like the website, right? some NHL website and it was a Bedard ISO cam. And so if you just, if you're a new fan, you just want to watch Connor Bedard while he's on the ice, ISO cam. No, I wouldn't want to do that <laughs> because there's stuff that happens around Connor Bedard that could be pretty interesting. Well, yeah, go, but I'm saying would other people want it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I think they would want to watch Connor Bedard play very well in the, in the large confines of the game, you know, like in the context of everything. Um, but yeah, look, if 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 the Blackhawks will very likely be picking the top five again, um, but man, they have Connor Bedard. That's all they need. And boys, <laughs> they get cool. one of Demidov, Celebrini, or Iserman. Oh God, they're gonna. It's basically gonna be Kane and Tate yeah. all over again. But better. better. Yeah, <laughs> better. It's um, actually it'll be the modern day equivalent of Crosby Malkin. Like it'll they'll be that good. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's move on to things that uh, something that really surprised us, Rachel. I'd say probably the most flabbergasting move um, of of free agency was with the with the Colorado Avalanche when they signed Miles Wood to a six year deal. <laughs> I truly didn't believe it when it happened. Um, I was stunned. It was truly stunned. Pretty insane. I I don't know if I even like I I truly didn't believe believe it when it happened, but. Six years, two point five million uh, for him. Jonathan Drouin, uh, uh reuniting with Nathan McKinnon, the, the Halifax Mooseheads dynamic duo. One year, eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollar deal. After he had dealt with you know injuries and and uh, you know mental health issues and stuff, which is great. And then Ryan Johansson, uh, they acquire him at fifty percent retained, so he's got one year and four million dollars left on his deal. Um, I I mean, obviously the Miles Wood contract is like ridiculous like i don't understand why it's, it's that obscene. long like, but you know what 2.5 million is not going to kill you and getting johansson Druen should definitely help the secondary scoring which is a big which was a big problem last year after they lost landis Cog and like everyone else to injury um what do we think of the 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 avalanche here 
I think the Avs are obviously in that contending tier, right? They're a team that is the a perennial conversation topic whenever the Stanley Cup comes up, and they've rightfully earned that. Um, yeah, that Miles Wood signing was wild behavior. But I like the addition of Drew in, and I think obviously preseason means diddly squat in terms mm-hmm. of – uh, the grand scheme of things, but I would like to see Duran get an extended run with Nathan McKinnon in, yeah. um, on the top line. First of all, that's a really cheap asset. Second, if it works, you've now got a supremely talented player playing with a league superstar for $875,000. And a team like Colorado who's contending needs exactly that. That's effectively like having an entry-level player, except without worrying about bonuses. And so I think that has the potential to be a fantastic fit. And if it isn't, it's 875 grand. Like, who cares? I really liked the Ryan Johansson yeah. pickup for them because when Nazem Kadri left last year, there was a hole in the lineup, and it was obvious that JT Comfer could not fill it. And Ryan Johansson has been a first-line center. He's been a second-line center. He's big. He can score. He can play in the Western Conference. If he can stay healthy, and that's mm-hmm. a big if. That's a big one. The second line looks like it's Nachushkin, Johansson, Burak, or not Burakovsky, Rantanen. Mm-hmm. And then you've got McKinnon, Duran, and whoever you want to put beside them. But it allows you to sort of have two scoring lines that can legitimately be threats. And I think from a secondary scoring perspective, like you brought up, I think that's going to be key because when they lost to Seattle in the playoffs, it was the lack of depth that really hurt them. Seattle's players down the lineup outplayed Colorado's. And I think that teams are going to have a tough time doing that this year because Colorado, even though they lost Comfer, um, they replaced him with adequate replaceables and they boosted their secondary scoring. So I really like Colorado and yeah, they're my pick to win the division for sure. Yeah. I, uh, that's very interesting because they're not mine, but I do believe, I do believe in them. And I do think that, Listen, just to, to cap it off, I guess I would much rather have Ryan Johansson from one year at four mil than JT Comfer for what was it five years at five point one, I believe is what he got. So yeah, too much for too long. So I would, ra- I, I think they made the right decision, and it's those smart moves um, that it's, it's those sort of incremental smart moves that I think have have made have allowed them to extend their contention window like this, and also they're getting Nishushkin back and all that. Like it's it's. There's going to be there's going to be a lot of good there. Um, so move on to my pick for the division, which is the Dallas Stars, and they got one of the one of the best, um, really I'd say one of the best signings of the offseason. And Matt Duchesne at a one year three million dollar deal. Um, they also picked up Craig Smith for one at one times one. Sam Steele, they're giving him another shot at one uh, one times eight hundred fifty k, and then they also have super prospect Logan Stankoven, who's a uh, um, Pop up world junior, uh, uh, world junior favorite, um, just a, a, a phenomenal player who might be a little small, but that's the reason why he went in the second round. So the first, um, I really it's believe- hilarious that like Logan Stankoven is a top ten pick if he's three inches taller. Oh yeah, and yet Crazy. he's still shown that regardless of being a sh- short king, he still scores. So maybe um, the height doesn't matter <laughs> as much as people like to think it does. You telling me he would have been picked? He would have he would have been been picked a lot sooner if he was a bit taller. I wouldn't know anything about that, Rachel. Um, but anyway, Duchesne, 
the fact that he was available was pretty nuts uh, because they, the the Predators bought him out kind of surprisingly because, you know, he yes, he had a bit of a bit of an off year last year. But I mean, this is a very good hockey player who only a year ago was like a point per game guy um, who still seemingly he, he's not he's not like great or long in the tooth, as you want to call it. He, he's a still very productive guy. One year, three mil might be the bargain of the offseason and everything else just kind of filler around it. I think I, I am I am very gung ho on I'm very I'm so gung ho on the on the stars like offense to the point where I drafted their entire first line in fantasy. I didn't do it. Oh on my pur- God. I didn't do it on purpose, but I realized I ended up with them by the end of it. And I'm like, oh, I have I have Robertson, Hintz and uh, uh, Pavelski all on my team. All right, let's go. Yeah, I think that Duchesne is a fantastic ad. That's a second line center at three million bucks who's more than capable of being a six, seven million dollar player when he's at the top of his game. And so I think that ad, I remember when that happened, you and I kind of looked at each other and went, Oh, that's a really good deal. We thought it was a mistake, like a misprint. I was like, because sure it's not it like was a 5.3 or something like that. Like, well, because three? the Duchesne deal felt like it was announced right after the Miles Wood deal. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute here. What? We were still pretty did- stunned by that. Yeah. Like, Matt Duchesne's making $500,000 more than Miles Wood this year. Like, something has gone awry. But I think you make a great point in, like, that Dallas kind of added around the edges. Obviously, they've got Jason Robertson and Miro Heiskanen and Jake Ottinger, who never seems to be in the Vesna conversation, even he though be. he probably should be. They're playing under Pete DeBoer. They play a really great defensive structure. You saw that in the numbers last year. Now they're getting a little bit more scoring, right? You've got Wyatt Johnson, who's likely going to take another step this year. You still got Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, and now you're adding Logan Stankoven. So conceivably, your third line could be Jamie Benn, Logan Stankoven, and somebody else. Your second line has Tyler Sagan and Matt Duchesne, and your first line is Rupa Hintz and Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski. That's incredible depth up front. Um, their back end still kind of leaves a little bit to be desired to me. It, it's it's but they not have great, but they got Heiskanen who plays 30 minutes a game and should also be in the Norris conversation every year and somehow isn't. I love the stars. I love how they play. I have some concerns about Rupa Hintz maybe having a bit of an off year because he's been hurt, so he hasn't had that full summer to be training. Mm-hmm. So I think that is maybe a bit of a concern. And I mean, losing your first line center is, is a massive problem. Thanks for telling um, me that be- before I drafted him, Rachel. Really great. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. No problem. So that is a potential issue that could crop up. But until then, I think it's like I have Colorado winning the division because, I mean, when you have McKinnon and McCarr and Rantanen, it's like pretty hard to ignore. But Dallas is the only team that I have competing with Colorado for the division title. I think that we conceivably could see a second round playoff series that features the two best teams in the West in Dallas and Colorado, which is why we need to go back to the one to eight um, because Dallas Colorado should be a conference final matchup. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a blast. It'll be a lot of fun to see. Um, All right. The wild uh, who, I'd say the story of their offseason is just re-signings, basically. They re-signed uh, Marcus Foligno to too long and too much money, uh, four times four. They re-signed uh, Matt Zuccarello to too short and too little money at two years at five, 4.125. And then they, they get Ryan Hartman to, if he can repeat his season from the year before, probably right around what he should be at three years, four mil. 
Um, and then also they added Pat Maroon at a one year, 800 grand, uh, or with one year, 800 grand left. I mean, this seems like a team that is just, that is going to finish third and get bounced in the first round. Uh, yeah. They're very mid. It's they're the midest. It's the Minnesota wild. Like they've always the Minnesota been wild the midest of the mid, right? Yeah. They at least play under Dean Evison and it started with Bruce Boudreaux, but they at least play a more fun brand of hockey. Like they're watchable. Now there was a point where they were unwatchable with the exception of Kirill Kaprizov. Um, and so I think Kaprizov is obviously a point in television. He's incredible. Mm -hmm. They have a couple young players. Um, Brock Faber is going to get a look. Obviously, you've got Volstead in the minors, but I really like Philip Gustafson. He's in tandem with Marc-Andre Fleury. It just seems like the Wild are every year. They're just kind of the Wild, right? They're going to finish third because they're better than the teams below them, but not even close to the teams above them. And so they're kind of in that middling division and um, or the middling part of the division. And the saving grace is that they have the best prospects coming out of anybody yeah. who's in contention in yes. Minnesota. So Marco Rossi, I said Jesper Volstead, Ryan O'Rourke, Damon Hunt. Um, Charlie Strammel. Yeah, Charlie Strammel. There's so many prospects uh, there's a couple kids in russia like Husnadinov and Yurov that i think are both nhl players um so you're looking at it and it's like okay we've just named like eight players that could conceivably be in the wild lineup at some point over the next few seasons and to me if if the goalies falter i'm going to wall set right away because next year the suitor parise uh cap recaptures kick in and this is the year you kind of have to be good like you can't waste a year well, they next year. Next year's the last year that that they have fifteen million dollars in dead cap. So they have this yeah, year and then it, next year. Yeah. Yeah. So it still kicks in, right? Like you don't mm -hmm. have the full cap to spend. Yeah. So I think this is kind of like you've got guys on ELCs that you won't have mm -hmm. on ELCs going forward, and that's something that needs to be considered. I just I, Minnesota's like the third place in the division, right? Obviously, if you lose a Kaprizov, you lose an Ericsson Eck, like that's a problem. But if you look at their back end, like I kind of love what they've got back there, mm -hmm. right? They've got Brodeen, they've got Spurgeon, they lost Dumba, but there's so many young players that are coming in. I love Brock Faber. I I think that Minnesota is just kind of going to be that team that putters along and does their thing and kind of nobody really talks about them because they're performing to exactly what we think they are. Yeah. The only thing that I think is of note is a, I think Philip Gustafson took a huge step. Like if he, if he can repeat his performance from last year, then he is their franchise goalie, like moving forward. Um, and also I, I know that he's, he's dealt with a lot, you know, like, like through the start of his career, but now is the time we need to see Marco Rossi become an NHLer. Like now is the time we need Marco Rossi to take the leap um, because it's, it's sort of been, it, 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 it's it's been yo-yoed the last couple of years and yes he lost a, he lost pretty much his entire draft year due to um to long covid yeah his d plus one year his most important yes, development right, yeah. year um <laughs> but i would i you know you're a first round pick uh, uh you know uh, your team really needs you and you've had a lot of time now you've had like two years basically to develop in the ahl it's time to take a leap and i'm excited yeah to see i what think he he's can do I think he's going to take a leap, but I also don't think that 
we're anywhere near bust territory with no, Marco no, no, Rossi. No. I would like, like to see him I take think, the leap. Yeah, I would love to see him take that leap. But then you look at it and you look at other guys that were picked in his draft year and it's like, well, I mean, Lafreniere – like what are we doing well, there? Yeah, but right. we're, we're the really year before you got Capo Caco. Yeah, like those are guys I'm worried about. I'm not worried about Rossi because none of those guys lost an entire season yeah. after the COVID season due to heart issues. And I mean, as somebody who has pretty serious heart issues that impact my ability to be athletic, like sitting around and not being able to do anything that impacts your strength. It impacts your just like mental game in any sense of the word. And so I'm not going to be upset if Marco Rossi doesn't take that massive leap into the NHL, but I would like to see him kind of get an opportunity, right? There's no sense in putting him on the third line. You're either putting him on the second line and leaving him there to succeed in the way that they did with Matt Boldy or let him be a superstar in the AHL because this third line yo-yo stuff has got to stop. Yes, exactly. Um, All right. Moving on to, uh, look, we talked about mid. This is another team that is extremely mid, the Nashville Predators, a team that, like, just, they will grind you. It seems like, I was talking about this with with, uh, Ryan Kennedy on on the Hockey News podcast. Like, this is a team that you would hate to play in the playoffs because of all all the players that they have and the type of players that they have, but it's unlikely that, that, that they'll make it to the playoffs. Like, they're a good playoff team that won't make the playoffs. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. I think that's a great point. You look at it, okay, what do they have? You see Soros. So you've got an elite goaltender, mm-hmm. and in the playoffs, that's always a problem for other teams. And you have grinders, you know, like Ryan O'Reilly. Then you've got, tough. Yeah, Ryan Luke O'Reilly. Shen, tough. Tough. Roman Yossi, elite mm-hmm. defenseman, right? They got rid of Matias at home, but then they've got Tyson Berry. So if Yossi gets hurt, got Tyson Berry to run your power play. You've got young guys, right? Igor Afanasayev, Phil Tomasino. They just drafted Matthew Wood and Tanner Molendyke. I love their draft this year. Mm-hmm. I think Barry Trotz did a great job of – he basically said, available. we're going to swing on high players mm-hmm. because I can go out and sign third and fourth line guys. And that's exactly what he did. He swung at both picks pretty much. And you know what? He did go out and sign a lot of third and fourth line guys to his exactly. credit. He did exactly. You know what? Barry Trotz deserves a round of applause for actually following through on the plan he gave to fans. Yes, King. Finally an honest man. We love Barry. Barry Trotz, Mm. Slay King. We love that. Yeah, like I think Ryan O'Reilly as your top line center is not ideal. A healthy Philip Forsberg will be good. Right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have room for younger players. Um, But here's my concern. What's your concern, Rachel? Let's say, because they have Cody Glass as well, front of the show, Cody Glass. Yes. And let's say Cody Glass is able to build on what he's done. That's another young player. But let's say that those young players are performing, but the team isn't in the playoff hunt come January. Mm -hmm. Your best trade chip is the guy between the pipes, and you have Askarov coming. Is it worth it? to look at trading Soros to evaluate the absolute haul you could get for him. Like think about what a team who needs a goaltender, think about what a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs would pay for UC Soros in the playoffs. I, like, I, I stagger <laughs> to think about what a team like the New Jersey devils would 
because they're a team that seems to be like they like they're primed to be cup contenders. I think the only yeah. thing holding them back is their goaltending situation. Um, right, because they have to play against Sorokin and Shishterkin all the exactly. time. Exactly, and and you would have thought, okay, well, you know, uh, uh, like they could go out and swing a deal for for Connor Hellebuck. Well, not anymore, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I I, um, I stagger to think what what New Jersey would give up for UC Saros between the pipes. Would, so here's a fun little hypothetical. Okay, hit me. Let's say let's say Jari stumbles out of the gate. Oh, you know Kyle Dubas loves a big deal, loves a big trade. Would you, because you ha- you know you have a scar off coming, maybe Tristan Jari goes back to Nashville. You let him go one A one B with a scar off because you're not any good. I don't know what it would cost the Nash or the Pittsburgh Penguins because they don't have a lot. It's it would definitely cost them Owen Pickering. Um, oh, that, like starting because not only are you not only if are you've you got getting... a team that has Soros and goal, Latang Carlson on the blue line, and then. Gensel, Smith, Crosby, Malkin. That's tough to deal with. Yeah, it just, it would cost, they'd have to empty everything. So much. Because they'd have to send back Jari. And if you're trading for Saros, it means Jari's being bad. So you have to yeah. have them eat five years at 5.375 or whatever it is for Jari. Don't know why that was, that, that contract was signed, but okay. And then on top of yeah. that, you have, and then like, and then on top of that, you then have to pay for the for the asset that is UC Saros. Like you're you're giving up a lot, like more than they have. They don't have enough. Uh, yeah, they might picks. not even. They might have to. They might have to make trades prior to accumulate the assets mm-hmm. necessary to trade for Saros. But I do wonder. Like Barry Trot seems like a guy who's, I mean, comes out and says we need to get younger. We need to mm-hmm. get faster. We need players. I'd rather have players with higher ceilings than um, higher floors with low ceilings. And so I do wonder if his philosophy is similar in that if we're out of it, I'm, I'm training the guy because I can get a King's ransom for him. It's, it's so funny that Barry Trotz has that, ha- has that sort of inkling because his coaching style was nothing like that. Like his coaching style was everyone, <laughs> on, my, everyone on, my, on, my, on my roster is the highest floor possible. Like that was yeah. Everybody must play elite defense. I don't care about scoring. Now he's a GM and he's like only scoring goals. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. He's like we only want the most talented kids. Whereas like on in, on Long Island, it was like I'm gonna bore you to death. Like it's I'm it gonna was have crazy. Cal Clutterbuck and Ross Johnston play for you. Who, who got claimed on waivers, by the way? So he crazy. Did. He's got three years left on his deal. Fun fact. He what? Ross Johnston, three years left on his deal. Fun fact for you. <laughs> Rachel, that's not fun at all. Who claimed him? Uh, Anaheim. All right, fine. Trader, we got we got Lou, Mister Moves, Lou Lamorello, crazy. Anyway, Lou Lamorello, the um, guy who coined the "too long and too much" phrase, and then just de- and then decided to just every contract he signed was ba- was basically adhering to that um, <laughs> to the point where to the point where he got like stripped of draft picks because of it. Anyway um yeah also yeah he was stripped of draft picks for breaking that rule but uh yeah other teams weren't stripped of draft picks for other things and that's very silly yeah very very silly um speaking of silly the st louis blues who will likely not be good this year um they did acquire uh uh, kevin hayes three years 3.5 roughly 3.5 million left on this deal they named Braden shen the captain which i think was the logical pick he's been there forever and everyone seems to like him 
And then the big question here is in net, Jordan Bennington. Um, How many fights will he get in? None. He'll, I can tell you he'll get into a lot of, a lot of pretend fights. <laughs> okay. How many times are we going to talk about Jordan Bennington's antics on the show this year? Three. Over, under, seven and a half. Oh, I, I think there will be at least three separate episodes this season. We dedicate a segment to being like, at what point do you tell this guy to stop? Like at, like at what point, like I guarantee you, we will, like there will be three segments on this show this year. I guarantee you organically, I will, I, because I forget what we talk about on this podcast the second we hit stop record. So this is not like I'm seeding this into the rest of the, our, our time here. Like I will. Just will to give organic. everybody, yeah, just to give everybody like a behind the scenes tour of that specific thing. I'll be like, remember when we said this on the podcast and we finished recording, like the podcast hasn't gone up yet. It's been like half an hour. And he's like, no, no, I don't. Like, Mike, we literally just talked about this. I will have like. I will like confess my undying love to Rachel's sister on our podcast. And then I'll just forget that I said it like right after it's crazy, but and then I'll get a DM or a, well, actually I'll get a text. You'll get a DM. Yeah. Um, but Jordan Bennington, uh, I guarantee we will, we will have at least three segments dedicated to his shenanigans this season. I guarantee you. Um, so we're going to call, we have to come up, you know what? Send in a segment name for yeah. every, maybe every week we'll do shenanigans of the week, but we got to have a mm-hmm. catchy segment name. So yeah, yeah. And a catchy jingle. That'd be great. Yeah. Give uh, us ideas for when we talk about the most ridiculous stuff that happened this week in the NHL. Yeah. I like it. Um, okay, so St. Louis, yeah, they're not going to be. They, they really like. This is a very top-heavy division, in that like they have two legit Stanley Cup tenders, contenders, and then they have two teams who we know are going to be really bad, and then they have like three teams roughly that are just right in the middle, very, very mid, you know. And this the is one mushy of mid. Because look, like St. Louis, they have good players. They have Jordan Kyrie, Robert Thomas, Braden Shen's still very good. I, you know, Tori Krug, Colton Pareko, all these Justin guys. Justin Falk. Justin Falk. Uh, uh, you know, like you can go down the list. Kevin Hayes is also a good player, especially now that he's at half retained. Like that makes him a much more valuable. He's much more valuable at three point five than he was at like seven point. Oh, whatever. I would have no issues paying Kevin Hayes three five. Absolutely like zero. I would take him on my team if mm-hmm. um he was making three five and that's the thing is like we talk about kevin hayes and like is kevin hayes worth seven million dollars no Heck no but kevin hayes at three and a half yeah like yeah it was also very cute to see him be a first time like i was at the all-star game this year and it was very it was very cute to see him like be like oh this is my first all-star game like i finally got voted here and it was very cool but anyway look the blues aren't going to be very good I like like they have some intriguing pieces. Like I I want to see what uh, you know Jacob Vrana can do over a full NHL season now that he's back and seemingly healthy mentally and physically and and he's with an organization that wants to keep him. I think it'll be uh it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see um, a couple of things. One, how quickly does Jordan Bennington lose the net to Joel Hofer? Because I feel like that might not be very, very long. Two. How quickly does the coach lose his job? Because that might also not be very long. And three, Jake Neighbors. Right now, he's penciled in on the fourth line. He was a first-round pick of the Blues. Mm -hmm. He's got more offensive talent than he's given credit for. Now, I don't think he has the offensive talent that a first-round pick should have. Very Tyler Boucher. Okay. But I think he is a more-than-capable middle six player already. And sort of in the mold of a Braden Shen. So I think he's just a less offensive Braden Shen, if that makes sense. And maybe playing him further up the lineup as opposed to on the fourth line, a super young player 
given that they're not really going to be all that competitive this year, I think might be worth a shot. Like, what do you have to lose playing this young kid who's clearly shown he belongs at the NHL level? Give him a shot to actually produce some offense and maybe live up to that first round pedigree because playing on the fourth line is like not going to get it effectively cratering his development. And that's, this is exactly what happened to Alexi Lafreniere. Gerard Gallant played him on like the third and fourth line with nobody good. And now they're surprised when he's not scoring. And it's like, I could have told you that that was going to (laughs) happen. Like, yeah. The one thing I'll say is that Jake neighbors did get walked pretty hard by Connor Bedard on his first, uh, first goal in the preseason. So, I mean, that wouldn't (laughs) that right there. It's making me, making me question uh, some things, but no, he's, he's great. Um, I think the blues, look, they're going to be, they're going to be mid again. And it's a shame that we say it, but they, they are, Um, but there's some, there are at least some intriguing parts to them. St. Louis can't even honestly, St. Louis fans, you can't even complain because you have you want to cut and you have the Kansas City Chiefs in your state, so you have a winning team. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and the Royals and will be Travis, good. You get Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift vibes. Like, what happens if Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift show up at a Blues game? Because Travis Kelsey is a hockey fan. You know Taylor Swift being that. in a you know Taylor Swift being in an NHL commercial, right? Yep. For the Predators, for that's like it, the best marketing that the league has ever done. The, <laughs> like, somehow Taylor Swift was in a in a Nashville Predators commercial for flex packs of tickets. Like that's that's what that's what they used her for, huh? Yeah, have you seen that commercial? Have you? Yes. Yeah, but uh, like pretty remarkable. If Taylor Swift is willing to do a commercial, um, maybe a league wide one would suffice. Yeah, no, it was just the Predators, and it was just for flex pack tickets. But this was like a little while ago. Anyway, Rachel, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, has anything happened with them lately of note? No, nothing, nothing really. They just ended up signing two 30 year olds, uh, uh, to seven year contract extensions worth 8.4, uh, $8.5 million. Uh, this kind of, this came out of nowhere in, in signing Connor Hellbuck and Mark Shively to identical seven year, eight and a half million dollar extensions. On top of that, they got, um, Vlad Nemestikov for two years at $2 million. Maybe he'll st- finally stick in one place for longer than three seconds. Um, which will be good. They also traded away Pierre-Luc Dubois, and they got in return Alex Iafalo. He's got two years at $4 million left. Uh, Gabe Velarde, two years at three point four, and Rasmus Kupari, two years at $2 million. And then they also signed uh, Laurent Brassois, who is one of the better uh, backup goalies, I would say, in the league. For sure. Uh, at one year, $1.75 mil. Um, I guess we can – the way we talk about the Jets is talking about these extensions. Yeah. Um, we start with the extensions. Do we start with the trade? It, it feels like the Jets were going in one direction, which was mm-hmm. Blake Wheeler was gone. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubrois They were like gone. clean in house, you know? It felt like Connor Hellebuck was basically a New Jersey devil. It yeah. felt like Mark Shifley was on his way out the door and that this team was effectively going to be turned over to like Nikolai Ehlers, Cole Perfetti, and Josh Morrissey. Like I... I mean, I think I probably still expect Josh Morrissey to get the C. I don't think it's going to go to Shifley. Um, But it kind of seems like a change in direction, right? Because Winnipeg now is in contending mode. Like, they now it's like, okay, Rutger McGroarty, you're coming out of school next year. Mm -hmm. Brad Lambert, you better figure it out because you need to play. Vili Hanola, the same. Like, all of the signing those contracts – identical it's uh congratulations to mark shifley for getting the bag yeah um 
Connor Hellebuck at 8-5 is like more than fine. He has saved their bacon too many times to count. Um, but yeah, it kind of feels like they're trying to be in the mushy middle. I'm not really sure what's going on here. Yeah, they really are in in the mushy middle, it, it seems. Um, and it's a, it's a darn shame, you know, because I think there's a lot more. Uh, I think they got a lot more to give. And it's a shame that we're never going to see Connor Hellebuck win a cup. Yeah, I like Cole Perfetti. He's coming back, right? He was hurt a lot of last year. So yeah, he's but he's not, he's not going to. But he's like, okay, I think he's a needle mover, but he's not like a Rantanen type no. needle mover kind of thing. I think Winnipeg's probably the odds on favorite to get a wild card spot, similar to last year. Like Connor Hellebuck, similar to UC Soros, right? Capable of carrying them. Um, Josh Morrissey, I'm not certain he'll have a repeatable year like he did last year. Um, I'd have to think Nikolai Ehlers has a better year. Cole Perfetti's going to score some goals. Like he's just so talented. I like Rick Bonus as a coach. Um, I do wonder, though, kind of what message that um, it kind of sends because I, I think last year we talked about how Rick Bonus came out and we wondered if Rick Bonus was going to be behind the bench because he came out and basically was like, the attitude is awful. Like, mm-hmm. we get our teeth kicked in and whatever. Yeah. And basically the only guy who performed like remotely well that was a skater last year outside of Josh Morrissey was Kyle Connor. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, that's another guy. So your top line remains intact, right? It's Shifley, Connor, Ehlers. Then you got Perfetti. I love Aya Follow and Velarde. I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of both of them. They're both going to get elevated roles. Just put them on the second line with Cole Perfetti. Call it a day and off you go. I think that that's two pretty good lines up top. It's not elite, but they're pretty good. They're going to score. Yeah. You know what? You you kind of took the words out of my mouth here. Like they, it just to me good. The one thing I say is that is that handing. I think I think it'll be fine. Normally, I'm I'm very wary of giving goaltenders, you know, long extensions uh, 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 when they're at or over the age of thirty. But I, I believe in Connor Hellebuck. I think he's phenomenal. He also has had two very long off seasons the last little bit because the Jets have been bad and haven't made the playoffs. So he's been able to, uh, uh, you know, he's been able to rest up. The the Shifley deals would scare the crap out of me if I'm a if I if I'm a Jets fan because not only does not only are you giving a guy who's going to be thirty um, who is thirty sorry right now a seven year extension at eight point five mil you're giving a thirty year old who doesn't play defense a, a seven year extension worth eight point five mil if you think he doesn't back check now imagine what 36, 37 year old Mark Shifley is going to be back checking. Like, does that scream LTIR to you or what? It screams like, like Blake Wheeler buyout to me at the end. I would, I I would almost, I would put money on in five years or four years, even the jets buy that out. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I, the one thing both of these players deserve is, and Blake Wheeler deserved it too because it wasn't his choice. And he was with the Jets since they were the Thrashers. Yeah. Those guys, those are that's three individuals who have been in Winnipeg and have committed to the city when we all know that Winnipeg is on everyone's no trade list. Yeah. Nobody wants to sign there in free agency. And those guys stepped up and said, We want to be here. And as much as we don't like the Shifley contract and to a degree the length of the Halibut contract, you pay a tax mm-hmm. to if you're Winnipeg, 
that yeah. you don't pay if you're Tampa. You pay a tax if you're Vancouver that you don't pay if you're Vegas. Pay mm. a tax, like if you're Toronto, sometimes you pay a tax that you don't pay if you're the Florida Panthers, right? And so I think kudos to those two for saying, nope, we still want to be here. We want to show Jets fans that we're just as dedicated to this club as they are to us. And I think they both deserve some some flowers for that because that's that's a really strong message to send. Yeah, lovely. All right, Rachel, before we head out, let's do our final ranking, shall we? Let's do it. All right, why don't you, why don't you, ladies first. Ladies, such a channel. They said chivalry was dead. It is not. It is. (laughs) Um, Colorado Mm -hmm. is the top team in the division for me. Um, Barring some type of serious injury to one of the monsters, they finish first. I think basically within five points comes Dallas in number two, Mm -hmm. right? To me, that's like a teeter-totter almost. They It can go either way, but those are the two at the top for sure. Then I've got probably like a 10-point gap, I think. I think it's like a 10 or 12-point gap. Then Minnesota finishes third. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then Winnipeg. Then Nashville. I have Nashville as a – Nashville and Winnipeg are teams that are kind of like on the bubble to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be some combo of like Winnipeg, Nashville, the Flames, um, and the Kraken. Mm-hmm. And then you've got St. Louis, Arizona, Chicago. Um, I think Arizona is going to surprise some teams in the competitive nature of the games. I just don't see them winning a lot of them. Same with Chicago. Um, but yeah, they're kind of well down on the outside looking in. And cool. Well, I literally have the exact same thing as you, except I swapped my division leader. I think that Dallas is going to break through. I and and the main reason is is goaltending. I think Yorgiev was phenomenal for for uh, the Avalanche last year, but. Dallas has Jake Ottinger. They basically have a very similar deep, you know, like strong, young, talented, uh, um, you know, sort of team the way that that Colorado does. But they have the franchise goalie, and they're a guy who could realistically win the best of this year. So that's who I'm I'm locking down on. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Mm-hmm. So I think we're pretty similar. The Central seems to kind of be the one that there's the most consensus on now of course that we've said that watched like arizona get a wild card spot or like st louis something ridiculous like that mm-hmm. um i think the one thing we're all pretty confident in is that the calder trophy winner is coming from the central division whether it's Connor bedard or logan cooley mm-hmm. um i i mean the last time a goalie won was steve mason when we were in elementary school yeah um so i can't see devin levi doing it um and when you have a guy like Connor bedard that's that's pretty hard to ignore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Rachel, we've reached the end of our season previews. The hockey, the things that matter, they start now. Um, and we have a lot to share with you. I know we've been teasing it for a while. So next episode is when we debut all of our new stuff. Uh, Rachel, until then, if you want to leave the listeners anything, do it. So shall you do it now. Mike, I will see you soon in the studio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.